You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a mailbag edition of Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett, Bradley Sal coming up in just a little bit to answer your Ole Miss questions. Ole Miss and Arkansas are currently set to kick off on Saturday at 2.30 p.m. Central Time. The channel has changed from ESPN2 to SEC Network, but there is some doubt now after Ole Miss on Wednesday, we found out, is now dealing with a COVID-19 outbreak. So we'll see. Maybe as you're listening to this podcast, news will have come down that the game has been moved, or maybe it's on time. We don't know yet. But I do know this. We got a lot of Ole Miss questions to get to in this mailbag. But before we do, let me tell you about my bookie. Between the NFL, college football, and the Major League Baseball playoffs, there's no shortage of games to watch. And with thousands of lines available on all your favorite sports teams and events, you can turn your game day into payday with my bookie. If you're the type of person who likes to back the big favorites, consider putting a couple in a parlay for a much bigger payout. Not only do parlays make meaningless games exciting, but more importantly, they give you a chance to turn ordinary bets into a real money maker. And don't forget the underdogs. They have a ton of value. The thing about the NFL is that underdogs are never really dogs on Sunday. Every team truly has a chance to win, and you do too. Game spreads, championship futures, and player prop bets, it's never too late to get in on the action and start turning your sports knowledge into actual cash in your wallet. Sign up at MyBookie, and when you do, use my promo code, TOC, for Talk of Champions, TOC, to claim a deposit match, dollar for dollar, all the way up to 1000 bucks. It's a bonus designed to give you a little help and a head start on your winning season. That's promo code TOC, Talk of Champions, TOC, for you to claim your bonus when you make your deposit. Stacked UFC cards, presidential prop bets, all the major sports and more. Sign up today to begin your winning season exclusively at MyBookie. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. It's a mailbag edition of Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley Sal. Former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, talk of champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. Also available in SoundCloud and Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, affiliate of 247 Sports. A lot of questions in this edition of the Mailbag. Brad, what's up, man? How you doing? What's up, Ben? I'm good. Ole Miss football isn't great. Coming off a game in which the offense did something to Alabama that had never been done before, dropped 48 on them, 637 yards, I think. And now, midway through the week, Arkansas coming up on Saturday. You got some momentum. You think Ole Miss is about to go to 2-2. Two and two. Everything is in front of Ole Miss. The hardest games are behind them. And then on Wednesday, news comes down. Ole Miss is dealing with a bit of a COVID-19 outbreak. Now, Lane Kiffin did not specify how many players have it. Only allowing that if Ole Miss played on Wednesday, they would be able to play. That doesn't necessarily mean that they'll be able to play on Saturday. They test again on Friday. As far as I know, offensively, no players have tested positive. It's all on the defensive side. The super spreader is a defensive starter. Ole Miss is dealing with it. And Ole Miss isn't the only program in the SEC dealing with it. This is 
the new normal. Florida has been hit hard. Dan Mullen, to his credit, is actually providing numbers. Ole Miss is not. I think Dan Mullen said 19. They're not going to play on Saturday. Vanderbilt can't play on Saturday. They don't have the numbers because they've been hit so hard. Miles Brennan, I've heard, has it at LSU. Your boy. But for Ole Miss, at least two defensive starters, maybe as many as four. And right now, as we're recording this, no offensive players. But I think that the game on Saturday is very much up in the air. And that's what you deal with in the age of COVID. So I didn't want to start the mailbag on a tough note, but this is what we're dealing with here. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Hopefully it turns out to where it's just a couple guys and those guys get better. So that's just something that that's every team across the nation's dealing with. And it's just unfortunate times we're in right now. But if they say we're playing, they kick the ball off. You know, whoever shows up, be ready to go. How much worse can it be defensively? <laughs> Even if you're without four, five, six starters, how much worse can it possibly be? I saw a great idea earlier. Let's just take all our backup O-linemen, put them on the D-line. That gives us adequate size. And let's just see let's see how we end up. I mean, let's put four back O-linemen across the D-line and see what's up. Ole Miss is on an historically terrible pace defensively. They're on pace to finish as the worst statistical defense in the history of college football. Do I think it'll stay that way? I hope not, but there's nothing that has been encouraging about the first three games to say that Ole Miss is going to be able to slow down anybody. Arkansas has improved offensively. K.J. Costello, yeah, they were terrible against Kentucky, but he's going to be able to throw against Ole Miss. All I'm saying is it can't get much worse. Of all the yards Alabama could have gained against Ole Miss on Saturday, they only not gained 41 yards. They gained the rest of them. So I guess they could have given up the extra 41. They couldn't be any worse. So, hey, if it's just the defense, so be it. I'm excited to see some guys that maybe haven't been playing. A John Haynes, a Mark Britt. In the mailbag, somebody asked about DeMond Clowney. He's been one of the COVID guys. He just got back. I don't know if he's one of the ones dealing with it now, but he was a previous case. And remember, he's playing the position that Sam Williams is playing. Sam Williams isn't coming off the field. That's the only true superstar on that defense. And I don't even know if you can call Sam Williams a superstar, but he's definitely an NFL player, don't you think? Um, yeah, I mean, I'll have to see him a little more. I, th- I do think he showed the flashes last year. He, he, last week was probably his best game. Um, he's one of those players I'd have to really look into a little more um, size-wise and, and, and speed. But, he, yeah, I've seen some videos. He has some good speed. I don't see why he wouldn't be an a, um, NFL player. But I'll tell you what, what does hurt when you're on a defense that's giving up those kind of statistics. It's not going to, you know, in the valuation process, it's going to be they're going to ask a lot of questions why or why you couldn't be a difference maker on that defense. So, um, yeah, that, that's going to hurt him a little bit. Because there are no players beside him, around him. He's the only guy that opposing offenses have to pay attention to. So, of course, he's not going to have the same type of production. He was still getting in the backfield against Alabama. And that's with a defensive line, specifically defensive tackle. They're not giving him any kind of help. But anyway, look, this COVID deal is serious. I do find it somewhat comical, however, that Dan Mullen, a week, I think, after he called for 90,000 fans to be allowed into um, the swamp, they're dealing with COVID. Yeah. I mean, you can't wish this thing away, man. No matter how you feel about it politically, you can't run from it. These kids are going to catch it. Even though these kids, 99.9% of them will recover and be fine from it, they still have to go through the whole quarantine process and all that stuff. They still have to go through the entire two back-to-back negative tests, maybe three. Look, man, this is what you're going to have to deal with. Lane Kiffin said if the game was on Wednesday, Ole Miss would be able to play. But that he didn't say we're going to be able to play on Saturday, that he gave no assurance that that could happen, that's concerning. Because Ole Miss is in a place right now offensively that you want to keep playing games. (laughs) Defensively, they're terrible. But offensively, they're rolling. From a competitive standpoint, they're they're going to have to push some of these games back and stuff. Just because, I mean, honestly, I don't want to play a team who's depleted from COVID. I mean, that's... That's just not. I mean, that, that to me, that's not good ball. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't even want to want to line up with a team who who has a bunch of guys that are that are out with COVID. So, uh, like like the NFL, I'm, I'm hoping everybody kind of understands. Like, hey, there's going to be weeks that need to be pushed back, and let's um, reschedule these games. And you're right, a lot, a lot of these kids are going to be just fine. It's it's the, it's the spreading it around to, to to others that are at risk that that you know pose a problem. So, um, yeah, I mean, ho- hopefully through, hopefully they get this this stuff all lined out and um, you know, they can they can get a good fair season under their belt. Kiffin's quote: "We are not in a great situation numbers wise at all." Yeah, that's not too terribly encouraging. <laughs> Heading towards Saturday. I mean, it's Wednesday. It's not it's, like this is Monday. It's this Kiffin, is, though. Yeah, it's Kiffin. And yeah, knowing him, he slow played the running game. 
going into Alabama, and then they lit up Nick Saban. I don't know how much showmanship you could have when it comes to COVID. Because the only showmanship there really is not providing the numbers, which he didn't do. And maybe you're trying to oversell it a little bit. I think there's just only so much you can say or be showman-like in regards to this. It's a little different here. Well, what it, I know he, he mentioned, you know, hey, we're, you know, the numbers, you know, we're having a numbers issue. But then when he went in to talk, start talking about position changes, I mean, I feel like he was showing it just a little. I mean, I, maybe maybe it is bad enough where guys are changing positions midweek. And that's that sounds more like an outbreak than, a, than you know, a few cases. So we'll see. We'll see when the game comes. Yeah, I mean, there's no telling with him. I mean, he, he's he's got his ways and, 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 I, and I enjoy him. Ole Miss is currently set to kick off against Arkansas in Fayetteville at 2.30 p.m. Central Time. The game has been moved from ESPN2 to SEC Network. If you had to put a guess, do you think they play? Hey, I think they play. I do. I, I think if it was that bad, something would have already been um, been said about it. But then again, I mean, they do have to test on Friday or, or whenever they have to test. Um, I, th- I think if it was you know that bad i think i think something would have already been said about it i mean it's going to be third it's thursday yeah so i i think they're playing if they can get it in they will get it in if there's a possible way to do it they will florida there's no way they can do it that's too many players vanderbilt they can't do it there's too many players but if they can get it in they're going to get it in because logistically putting the schedule together making up games it just becomes increasingly more difficult the more you have to shuffle things around. The NFL's dealing with it. That stuff starts to pile up. It's tough. It's a juggling act. I get it. If they can play, I think they'll play. That's enough dilly-dally, and it's time for the mailbag, brought to you by Modern Woodman. So before we jump into the mailbag, let's hear from Modern Woodman. This is Talk of Champions. Are you tired of working 9 to 5 for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else? Well, our sponsor of the Talk of Champions phone line is Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, and he's looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary, but you do have to be a resident of Mississippi. And what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and who wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits, such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. For more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas personally. You can find him on Facebook, or his number is 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. That's Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. The, The mail's here. You've got mail. Special mail for you. This is a letter to Hollywood saying, keep it up. Movies are great. It's mailbag time here on Talk of Champions. And the first question in this mailbag, Tucker Italiano. At Tucker Italiano. It's the best question that I read of the questions I read. Now, I didn't go through all 41, 42, whatever it was. But this is one I saw of like a handful. The number one player from the Freeze slash Luke era that you'd want to see in Kiffin's offense? I would probably say one of the receivers, either A.J. Brown or, or Metcalf, just just because, I mean, they the way they spread this out, um, you know, the, the, the way they really know how to scheme and get these guys open, I think, yeah, I, I'd like to see D.K. Metcalf um, in this offense. I would rather not get an offensive player. Can I get a defensive player? I, would I, almost, mu- I almost said Benito Jones or something like that. I was like, yeah, can I just get one of the, one of the D linemen, please? Like, I won't rob. I won't Robert Kim Dichie. Because, yes, Rob didn't get sacks, but he always got penetration. He was always in the backfield. And that's what this defensive line, these linebackers, that's what they need. They need disruption, complete disruption. And Rob, pretty much every play, was getting disruption. Can I get Rob? Can I trade the offensive player? Because Ole Miss is getting by just fine with the offensive players they had. Now, if you're forcing me to pick an offensive player, A.J. Brown in this offense would be so much fun. Chad Kelly in this offense would be incredibly fun. But Matt Corral, the numbers he's putting up right now, would you trade Chad Kelly and Matt Corral right now? I, I don't know. I don't think so. Just let Matt play it out. Give me somebody that might help a position group, a Dawson Knox maybe, to go with Kenny Yeboah, two dynamic tight ends, Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram would be amazing in this offense. But again, let me swap for defense because that's what they really need. They need a defensive tackle. That's what they need more than anything. See, that's what's been lost here, Brad. And you can see it. The reason why Ole Miss is so bad defensively is yes, they lack SEC caliber players. But I think that they're competent enough as far as their personnel in the secondary and at linebacker that if they had 
defensive tackles that could just do their job competently, they would be exponentially better. Benito Jones accounted for 10.5 tackles for loss last year. Josiah Coatney wasn't great, but Josiah Coatney was a space filler. He took up so much space and he commanded so much attention. He was always seemingly double teamed. And Benito just wrecked whoever was in front of him. That's why Ole Miss is so bad. Their defensive tackles are doing nothing. I would take Coatney in a heartbeat. He looked like Warren Sapp this year. I've never seen a good a good defense or a solid defense that didn't have a, a good front. So that is something that needs to be addressed. Um, you know, I, I, I could say it to him blue in the face, but yeah, it's just something that needs to be addressed. And, and hopefully we can we can get some guys in here and the ones we have get better. But to answer your question, A.J. Brown would absolutely feast. Evan Ingram would absolutely feast in this offense. Or, or, or if we're going offensive player, I'm never going to give away the opportunity to take Laramie Tunsil back. I mean, he's the best offensive lineman never come through here. No disrespect to you, Brad, but I mean, and Nick Broker could play right tackle and Royce Newman could play guard. But that offensive line's been good. I don't know. It's a tough question. I'd go with Evan Ingram. So your final call is who? DK? AJ? I like DK. DK it is. Ole Miss Sports at Rebel Sports Talk. Did you see the reporter ask Mark Melanson if there was a positive he could take away from, quote, blowing a lead but still winning? He's talking about on Tuesday night, the Braves beat the Dodgers 8-7. to They were up 8-3. to the Dodgers scored four runs in the top of the ninth, had the winning run at the plate, tied run at third base. They didn't blow the lead, but Dave O'Brien from The Athletic, formerly of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, who's always been terrible, asked Mark Melanson, the closer for the Braves, what positive can you take from blowing the lead? Well, they're up 2-0 in the series. Now they got absolutely boat raced in game three, which is a complete indictment of... Alex Anthropolis adding no one, not a single viable third starter at the trade deadline. We knew coming into the postseason that was going to be a problem, and Kyle Wright got lit up. But it was a ridiculous question, and that's why the media gets such a bad rap, man. When you're on that kind of stage, the NLCS, that was absolutely idiotic. The question isn't about the ninth. Josh Tomlin sucked. The question is about his usage now, Mark Melanson, his usage now that he had to pitch two days in a row. That's the story that mattered. Dave O'Brien's question, it was embarrassing for two reasons. One, they're up 2-0, or they were up 2-0. Now it's 2-1. And two, they didn't blow the lead. They actually held the lead. So there's no story there. Whether he's available on Wednesday, which he wasn't, that was the story. Ask that question. Uh, I mean, I'm still doing the podcast now, and I'm glad to be doing it. But I I feel like there's... um... Yeah, I mean, sometimes just years of doing interviews, there's just some questions or, or pe- the way people ask you questions are just, um, I mean, you got to wonder um, if these guys actually know what they're talking about or, or, or the fact that you know they don't know what they're talking about and they're um, asking you questions that they, um, you know, I mean, I, I just you don't even know where they come from. So, yeah, I mean, there's been some interesting questions. There's also some great ones out there, too. So it's just like anything in life. You get some good, some bad. I mean, that's all jobs, though. Brody Clayton at Brody Allen. A lot of people think Ole Miss is a stepping stone for Kiffin. I tend to think he will stay for a long time if successful because he can be himself 100% at Ole Miss. What are y'all's thoughts on Kiffin long-term if successful? I'm 50-50 on this. I really am. I don't particularly know Kiffin personally or anything, but um, I mean, just the the kind of attention he's drawing does make me nervous. Um you know, it comes down to, to honestly, if he wants to be here past you know a certain amount of years, and I mean, you never know what programs will come and throw throw certain kind of money at him. So, um, I mean, that, I will say this: I, I am a bit concerned about that. I don't, I don't really have a reason why, but um, I am. I have thought this over the first three weeks. Uh, one of the things I was thinking was, hey, man, this is this is a little bit, a little bit top notch right here. I, how long can we can we keep on to hold on to this guy? So hopefully when that time comes, if it does, um, Ole Miss will do everything that's power to keep him, assuming that that he has the success that we think he'll have here. If Ole Miss is in that position, and if it can't keep up monetarily with the school or schools that are pursuing him, Ole Miss will be in such a good place that it won't matter. You'll still go hire a very good coach, a quality head coach. You always have to remember, he's never stayed at one place very long. Maybe Ole Miss is the career job for him. This is as interesting as Ole Miss has been in quite some time. So I hope he's here for a long, long time. But the history shows you he doesn't stay in one particular place very long. 
if, for example, Texas, which I've heard this rumbling already, if Texas I've moves on, yeah, if they move on from Tom Herman, they're interested in Lane Kiffin. Texas has got endless, limitless pocketbooks. Ole Miss yeah. doesn't have that. Ole Miss doesn't have Texas's resources. So if they're motivated enough and Lane Kiffin is their guy, what can you do? I'm actually more concerned about Lebby. I mean, dude, he is um, he's pretty darn good, man. I mean, this this a lot of this offense is his stuff um, mixed in with Kiffin. But you mean to tell me out there uh, a guy like Jeff Lebby, he's got to be on. I mean, he's got to be making his way up. He's been around some good programs. And I mean, who? I don't know. I mean, he, he, he concerns me more than anybody. And he, um, yeah, I, I can see him being the next head coach pretty quickly. The bottom line is this. That's a good problem to face. If you're competing with whoever, Texas doesn't matter, to keep your head coach, things are going pretty damn well. I, I wouldn't sweat it too much. I would enjoy the present. Because when you start to try to forecast things in the future, it never goes right. I mean, if I'd have told you back in 2014, 15, that Hugh Freeze would be fired after they won the Sugar Bowl, you'd have called me a fool. You would have said that Hugh Freeze will be the coach of Ole Miss for as long as he wants to be. He's the next Johnny Vault. He turned down Florida for Ole Miss. What are you talking about? You can never forecast the future. I would enjoy now. Enjoy the fact that Ole Miss is a hell of a lot of fun. With the defense, that's atrocious, but they're still a hell of a lot of fun. Let's win some games first before we get into this conversation. We're one and two right now, yes. so let's win some football games and win a couple bowl games, and um, let's well, let's get. I, I think we're a little ways away from this conversation. Brandon Tucker at p underscore b underscore Tucker. I haven't seen this talked about much in comparison. How are we this bad on defense with the Durkin slash Partridge DC combo versus with Mike McIntyre with virtually the same players? Mike McIntyre's defense wasn't great. Is part of that COVID slash not having a spring. It is not virtually the same players. That is not true. Benito, Josiah Coatney, Kadir Shepard, Miles Hartsfield, all those guys, they went to NFL training camps. Miles Hartsfield made the Carolina Panthers. Who did you replace him with? A.J. Finley? Banged up Jalen Jones? And the drop-off from Benito Jones and Josiah Coatney to what Ole Miss is rolling out their defensive tackle now? Again, I think they're competent enough personnel-wise to get by at linebacker and in the secondary. But the defensive tackle talent is not there. We're just short. I mean, we're short players, especially up front. We've said this a million times on here, but it's just not – we're not where we need to be there. And then, um, you know, I mean, it's hard to evaluate. I mean, it's hard to seriously evaluate these these coaches. I mean, they're having to to, to do things differently because of, of what they have. So who knows? I mean, we'll get some players in here and, um, you know, we'll judge them more mid, mid next year to the year after that. Another defensive question, Matt Sowell. Is this your brother? I think so. Matt underscore Sowell underscore 77. All right. I'll let your brother answer then, Matt. What do you guys think we need to do about this defense? The personnel isn't the entire issue. It's most of the issue. We have to put these guys in the right scheme and make it easier on them. They're playing base defense. I'm sorry. Feel like we are out of position more than just getting burned, right or wrong? I think that's, I mean, obviously it's a talent issue right now. Um, do I think there are things that our defense coordinator could be doing better? Absolutely. I, I, I really do. I, I, I do think we're a little bit, we're too much in base. Like you just said, he, he needs to start. I, I feel like, you know, there was, there was one stretch there in that Kentucky game where I feel like he was doing the, the things I think he should be doing. But I think at the same time, I mean, give the guy a break. He does not have, he does not have you know, the pieces to, to run a combat defense right now. They don't have defensive tackles. They don't have a single defensive tackle that can do anything that an SEC-caliber defensive tackle is supposed to do. They're all getting blocked up by one man. That's my case. We shouldn't be running four down. We should, we, we should, be, you know, we should be switching it up a little bit. I think you should um, – you know, there's some different fronts you could run, run that, that could potentially help that. Um, but, but a lot of the times they do line up like little sitting ducks and they just get teed off on on this four down, you know, base – Chuck talked to two former defensive coordinators, including Tommy Tuberville, after the Alabama game. They got the fundamentals. They're in the right spots. They just can't make the plays because they're not talented enough. If they say they're fundamentally there, I mean, this is not Wesley McGriff's stuff. Wesley McGriff's defensive stuff, that, that was just a dumpster fire, schematically. Schematically, this is not a dumpster fire. The personnel, they just don't have anything. They have nothing. Evan O, at Evan L-M-N-O-P. Serious question. Do you think our atrocious defense will improve enough in time to prevent Mississippi State from throwing for 1,000 yards in the Egg Bowl? If so, 
What is your score prediction? Yeah, I mean, I think I think we're gonna I think we'll do fine versus state. I mean, they they looked good week one, obviously, but I mean, they put up two points versus Kentucky. Um, you know, I don't think they're as all world as, as they thought they were. Um, yeah, but I mean, I, I think you know, moving forward, we played Florida and Alabama, Kentucky, the first three games. Those are those are tough opponents for for a, a defense like we have to to step up step up against. So. Um, let's go forward. Let's see. I mean, I, I feel like we match up a lot better down the stretch here with with some of these teams. And and do I think they'll put up good numbers? Yeah, absolutely. I think they'll put a, still put up good numbers on us. But I don't think that that a team's going to grab the ball, you know, eleven possessions and score nine touchdowns on us. I, I don't think that's going to be the case. I mean, you look at Alabama last week; they had three sure first rounders and, and number seventeen, number six, and number twenty-two. Um, I mean, that not not many teams are going to be rolling out that kind of talent every week. Michael Chambers at Tomahawk Chop 711. Any chance with Corral taking the quarterback job over for good, would it plumly be tried out as defensive back or safety to help the defense? Kids and athlete needs to see the field. Uh, no, I think he's going to transfer. Last week told me a lot. You, you really didn't see him into the one run, and thank goodness that wasn't a fumble because I do not wish that on that kid one bit. Something has went on. I don't know personally. I don't, I'm not connected like that, but... Um, something has went on, some conversation has went on because there's, I mean, we, we did, we're starting to see him less and less now where, where you would think they would be trying to get him more involved offensively on, on other positions. But yeah, I think, I think something's maybe been said um, about him potentially maybe moving on. Kenneth Collins at RebelFan68. Where do the Cowboys finish with the Red Rifle? Andy Dalton, a quarterback, as a Cowboys fan, are you still hopeful of the season or have you moved on to next season already? Um, six and ten. And yes, I've already moved on to next season, but the Cowboys, even at 6-10, and 10, could potentially compete in the NFC East. It's so bad. Without Dak, they're not winning anything. This defense is by far the worst in the NFL. It's not even close. It's historically bad. I'm watching two historically bad defenses, Ole Miss and the Dallas Cowboys, every single week. So even if they get to the playoffs, they go 7-9, and 6-10, that would do so much more harm than just bottoming out and getting a top 3-4-5 pick in the first round to address a defense or an offensive line that's been just absolutely decimated. So I moved on to next season. The Cowboys haven't, and they're going to be just competitive enough to where they're going to keep in this vicious cycle of mediocrity and feign competitiveness to where there's no hope. Don't sleep on Andy Dalton now. I'm telling you, he, he's, he's, not, he's, not a bad, he's not a bad option. I, I, don't, I don't know that his numbers are going to be that much different than Dax, but we'll see. Dak was on pace to throw for 6,500 yards. Will you please stop with the Dak hate? Andy Dalton is not going to put up comparable stats to Dak. That's ridiculous. He looked pretty good when he came there the other night. I was was impressed. I'm not going to lie. See, you don't want to get me and Brad talking about Dak. We completely disagree about Dak. Wins are the most important stat. That's all I'm going to say. All right, next question. Yeah, man, because it's all on Dak. That's the reason why they've lost. Clint Tucker, at Real Clint Tucker. Having a new coach and an explosive offense is allowing fans to overlook historically bad defense. Who's overlooking the historically bad defense? Isn't that what we've been talking about? (laughs) I'm sorry. Worst defense in 2019 was UMass, giving up 560 yards per game, 52.7 points per game. 2020 Ole Miss is giving up 641 yards per game and 51.7 points per game. I, I know. Over under of three and a half defensive grad transfers in the 2021 class. Oh, I'm taking the over. Over, over, over. Way over. I'm talking, I'm taking anybody. Juco and grad transfers, bring them on, all of them. The NCAA in January is going to pass the one-year penalty-free transfer, finally. And Lane Kiffin already showed you this year that he's going to be all in the transfer market. He got Dean Leonard, Tavius Robinson, Otis Reese. He was going to get Fabian Lovett, Jerry and Jones. That would have been five. So, yeah, over. Guys that maybe feel like they should be starting somewhere or just want to change a scenery like a Charles Wiley, he's going to be diving into transfers. Everybody is. It's going to be like in basketball. Look how the transfer market has completely blown up. It's going to blow up even more. It's going to be like free agency. And I, for one, think it's fun. A lot of coaches I know, they're worried about it. They don't like it. A lot of ADs, they're worried about it. They don't like it. But I'm all for the players having movement, freedom of movement, and I love it. I think it adds just that much more intrigue. And it makes you as a program, or it allows you as a program to get better more quickly. I think it's cool. I mean, it's just, it's a new age thing. Um, you know, traditionally, I like to see guys, you know, tough it out because I mean, that's what I was used to. But yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it helps I mean, you level the playing field. You know, if there's a guy that was a high rated guy and he ends up not working out at a school, he can go 
to another school and, you know, make them better. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it, it could, you know, help out some of the, it can definitely benefit a school like us. They're already doing this. Kids are already leaving, having to circumvent bizarre rules like the SEC, for example. You have to transfer at a particular time so you can have a one year in residency to be able to be cleared by the SEC to play. And that's after you file for a waiver. That got waived this year. That's why Otis Reese and others are eligible to play. Otis Reese, he's waiting for the NCAA. The NCAA, they suck. They're not pro player. And you can't tell me anymore that they don't show favoritism to particular programs or whatever. It's a corrupt, morally bankrupt institution, and I'm done with them. But it's already happening. Kids are already transferring, and you've had kids at SEC programs this year that have already announced their transfer, and they're sitting out because maybe they're going to another SEC program and they're making sure they feel the requirement of a one-year in residency and knowing that they're probably going to get the one-year penalty-free transfer that the NCAA is going to pass in January. It's happening. Now it's just removing some of the red tape. Less obstacles in the way, and I'm all for it. We'll get right back to Bradley Sal in this mailbag edition of Talk of Champions after we hear from BNA Bank and Chinese Pharmacy, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC. An equal housing lender. Believe it, the return of Ole Miss football has arrived. The Rebels are playing. Really, it's happening. But as exciting a time as it is, make sure you're staying safe. And that includes trusting that your pharmacy has you taken care of. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy, a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years. As red and blue as the Rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. Hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at cheneyspharmacy.com. Stay safe, enjoy some football, and make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. Jordan Bowers, at Jordan C. Bowers 1, do you think that our program is capable of putting together the network that it will take to get us to the next level? Um, yeah, I do. I, I think that, um, you know, if you look at that Alabama game this week, it was, I mean, I want to say the most viewed game of the year. And when you step on a stage like that and do some of the things that Lane Kiffin did, I, I think that bodes well in, in the future. And I think that he's um, he's going to be an attractive guy when he's when he's um, you know talking to these kids. So um, I, I think Ole Miss is going to be able to bring in the, the talent they need and and the guys that they, that they don't get. I think the coaching is going to be so good that um, we're going to be a successful program. So yeah, I, I do think so. All right, here's the deal: the recruiting infrastructure was absolutely decimated by the NCAA. Do I think it's slowly getting built back up? Yes. But it's going to take a while for that infrastructure to be at a place where it's competing with Georgia and Alabama. The recruiting is going to be different because of the transfers, because of the JUCOs, because of the ability to go get guys that can step in now. Ben Buckhalter at Ben Buckhalter 1. Where is Damon Clowney and why aren't we seeing any of him? Well, he was dealing with COVID. I think he didn't get cleared until two weeks ago, maybe. And he was already dealing with weight issues, so he's just not playing because Sam Williams, that's his job, and he's got to get better and more weight on him and make sure that he's free and clear and healthy enough to play, all that kind of stuff. The Loaf at Blackman Hare, should Lane allow Durkin to run practice for a few days in order to get the defense sorted out? (laughs) Whatever it takes to get the defense better, yeah. If they just played below average defense, this team could potentially be 3-0. I'll just take bad defense. Just bad. Just give me bad defense, and we'll <laughs> Kentucky game. Give me the Kentucky game each week, and we'll take. We'll, we'll be good to go. Copy P at Pat underscore Pathetic. What's the real reason Ole Miss is a program, not just head coaches, never really try to bring back players 
referring to how Alabama has ex-players recruit and help incoming guys. I think Lane Kiffin's doing a better job than any coach has in a long time of bringing back players. I think he's getting them actively involved. So um, with Freeze, I think it was just an oversight on his part. Luke, I think, tried to reach out to players, but I don't think there was a general enthusiasm there to get the players more actively involved and feel like they had this visceral relationship with Ole Miss. I think Kiffin is bringing that back, and a lot of that goes back to what we were talking about on Tuesday, the mask with DK's number and understanding social media and marketing and brand. I think Lane Kiffin is doing that now. Yeah, I think tr- traditionally, I'll touch on this. Traditionally, Ole Miss is, is very, very bad at this. And it's, um, you know, I, I know there's people inside of the the program and people inside of Ole Miss trying to fix this issue we have. And um, I, I know, and I only know this because I only can compare it to what some of the other schools would, would do for their players while I was in the NFL. It was, um, you know, it could be anything from, I mean, I, dude, when, when LSU and Alabama were going to all those big games or whatever, they would contact all their players have them come down the sideline, have them come, you know, be around the program, help recruiting all that. Um, Ole Miss is, is never, I mean, I, I, I know for a fact there's guys that are very good players in the NFL that have been in the NFL a while that have never heard from Ole Miss one time. Um, it's a little disappointing, but I know there are people in the program that are working to change this. And, um, and I think it's something that, that, that would be really, really beneficial for Ole Miss to change going forward. Blue-collared, comma, hard-nosed, at hard-nosed 15. If you could create an NCAA baseball, football, and basketball video game, what is one feature you would want to include in each one? The one feature for all three. A My Player Mode, you go through the recruiting process, you have cut scenes with the coach, and you have to practice. That immersive experience with My Player that you get with NBA 2K. And that's for every single one of those games. NCAA baseball, football, basketball, I don't care. Because Madden has missed out on creating a my player that would be far superior to any other my player mode in any game. MLB the show, NBA 2K, Madden, <laughs> there's no excuse. There's no excuse. I mean, my god, yeah. Brad, look, you went through it, okay? You went to the senior bowl, did the combines, like all that stuff. You went through it. You went through training camp, OTAs for a gamer like me, a guy that's never ever going to get close to playing in the NFL. And for most everyone out there, 99% of the world never played in the NFL, the ability to virtually, in a video game, go through that process, go through the NFL combine, be a quarterback, go to OTAs, go to all that stuff, do interviews, immersive, and put you through all the... That's what we want. You got the experience. (laughs) You made the money. We didn't get to do that. Technically, it's only your thumbs going through it, though. I mean, I, mean, I, I guess, I guess, yeah. I mean, See, okay, but wait, 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 wait. I love video games. I love video games. <laughs> Don't not video games. Okay, just because I can't shoot webs out of my wrist doesn't mean it isn't delightful to swing a Spider-Man across New York City, okay? So <laughs> every one of us still got a little bit of a kid in us. So, yeah, I'm 34 years old. But if you told me right now I could play an NCAA video game and have a my player mode where I go through recruiting, play the high school games, then you get to pick my school, have my signing day press conference, all that stuff, then go through my career, then take my player to Madden and go through that my career mode with that player. Nothing more fun than that. If you're a video game player, gamer like myself. Brad obviously is not, even though he has a golf simulator in his house. So shut up. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not big on the I haven't played I guess I have so many kids, but I haven't played video games in a long time. But back when I used to, they were fun, I will tell you that. They're still fun. Kenneth Collins at RebelFan68. One offensive and defensive recruit currently committed for 2021 that Ole Miss fans would like to have on the field now. Oh, offense is Caden Costa, the kicker. Cause uh Luke Logan, God love him. He's made his kicks. I'll give him that. But yeah, give me the kicker. Uh defensively, Dink Jackson. Four-star linebacker slash safety, maybe Tysheem Johnson. Thanks, the guy, man. <laughs> I love the name. Yeah, he's he's got to be. If he's not good at football, I'll be really disappointed. Yeah, you can't not be good at football. Named Dink, freezes crab sack, which is an amazing Twitter name at freezes crab sack. How many impact players on defense will it take to at least improve to a middle of the pack SEC defense? Uh, we're gonna need we're gonna need two solid classes, two solid recruiting classes, and I, I do want to see almost the defense getting better midseason next year. If they're not getting better midseason next year, then then there's something, yeah, there's something wrong. But I say yeah, after two good years of recruiting classes, um, that should make the guys that are young now they should be fully developed, which you know hopefully someone will get better, and then you'll have some good young guys that are 
that are stepping up. So yeah, I think two two good years. You know, two good years we should start seeing a a much more improved Ole Miss defense, and that's when we'll really get to judge this um, this defensive staff. Kenneth Collins at Rebel Fan sixty eight. Go inside Kiffin's head during a game. What is his first thought as he watches the defense? Um, holy hell! <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to score a hundred. Um. So. I mean, that's, that, that's the only thing I could think. I mean, yeah, at some point you have a great game plan on your sheet. You have, you know, your first 15 plays, you have, you know, tons of, you know, shots without throughout the game, but hell, you're going to, you're going to run out of those by the third quarter. I mean, you, you can only put up so many points. So, I mean, he's, 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 he, he runs out of, I'm sure he has to have quite a, quite a few um, plays on that play sheet that are, um, you know, home run type plays just to keep pace. I think he's kind of reached in the five stages of depression acceptance with this defense. Just he's numb to it. What, what if he was, I think I saw this a number of years ago, there was a coach who just kicked an onside kick every single time. Um, I wonder if he's, you know, Lane Kiffin's the type of dude who at some point I could see doing something crazy like that. Like, Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm done with this. I, I'm going to take my chance. Cause if I can get two of these onside kicks today, that's two turnovers that I wouldn't have had. I can see it. I can see that happen. I'm team never kick and um, team onside kick all day. So, yeah, go for all the two-point conversions, onsides. This defense isn't helping you. I think Reckless. he's dumb. Yeah, whatever. Same question for offense. Um, we're going to score every time we touch the ball. I think he's confident. I think he believes that as long as they execute, there's no stopping them. I mean, once you do it against Alabama. Yeah, I'm with you. I agree with that 100%. Chris Baker at real underscore bald underscore Baker. Any chance we get Kiffin? To wear a sweater vest and seventies style disco collar shirt like Billy Brewer. Oh God, no, no. My man's wearing mask of Kobe Bryant. My man's talking about Jumpman gear. My man wears a visor everywhere he goes. My man looks like he just walked off the boat every single day once he gets done with practice. <laughs> there ain't no way. What? Do you really think Lane Kiffin could ever wear a sweater vest? Do you think he's ever worn one in his life? I actually think Kiffin will wear skinny jeans and Jordans before he'd wear a sweater vest. Yeah. He's going to wear swim trunks before he wears any of that. Facts. Yeah. Jordan Bowers at Jordan C. Bowers 1. Where do you think our recruiting class will end up after the recent momentum? Which players who are not currently committed to us do you think will headline it? I think Luke Altmaier ends up at this class. So there's one. Um, he's a headliner. Four-star quarterback out of Starkville. But uh, the first part of that, I think Ole Miss ends up in the top 30 comfortably in the top 30 and that's a win for a first year staff that has dealt with what Ole Miss has dealt with Crawford pay at C pay pay who finishes the year with more rushing yards Snoop or Ely um I think that comes down to, to the coaches and who they give the ball to more if they give them equal carry Snoop Connor will end up with more yards because the um you know the the spark he kind of adds to this to this offense and how hard he runs but I think that's a question of of how many touches each each guy is going to get but if they get equal equal touches, I'm I'm more than confident Snoop would would end up with with more yards. The second part of Crawford Pay's question is also: Does the injury to Derek Diamond has it put him in jeopardy of missing any of the season? No, he's actually returning to the mound this week. He's not going to throw any innings this fall ball season, but he's going to return to the mound. His pitching program, he's getting back healthy. I don't think there's any threat at all of him missing any time during the season. So. That's a positive sign because with a forearm strain, that's always scary because when you hear forearm strain, that's the precursor to what? Tommy John surgery. Talked to Mike Bianco on Tuesday. He was in equally high spirits as Derek Diamond, who I talked to the week before. I think he's going to be fine. Eddie Hazelwood at ehazel 1 What differences, if any, are there between the offenses of Kiffin and Freeze? Um, I, think they're, I think they're totally different. I mean, I think that... Um... You know, I think there's a lot more deception in in Kiffin's offense. There's a lot, a lot of they kind of they they kind of give you three three different looks in every in, you know in every play. And I think um, I think Freeze is just more of a spread. And um, I know one thing: we're we're much better on on third and one in Kiffin's offense than than we were with Freeze's. So um, I, I I would give the nod to to Freeze. I mean, the, the nod to Kiffin and, and you know how um, how much more deceptive it is than, than what Freeze's was. Wade J. Mosley at Wade Mosley 29. Is it time to start considering Matt Corral a Heisman contender and or should Elijah Moore be in consideration too? Elijah Moore won't be in consideration. Wide receivers always get the shaft with the Heisman candidacy. But uh, Matt Corral, if he continues down this road, who's to say why not? But remember, Eli Manning, hands down, should have won the Heisman his senior year. Meant everything to Ole Miss. And he lost to Danny White. Archie didn't win the Heisman. 
it feels like no player can ever win the Heisman. But if Matt Corral puts up these kind of numbers, that sounds insane to say. But the numbers speak for themselves. And if we're going by the numbers at the end of the year, if he does this, yeah. Yeah, if, it, it, if we're 3-0 and right now, if he pulls off that game versus Alabama, he's really in the conversation. And I saw a, um, a graphic of, of where he is through his first three games of, of the last five Heisman winners and um you know he's, he's right there stats wise so um yeah all things considered he he, sh- he would have a chance I, I feel like if we were a little bit better football team mc jag rebel at mc jag reb is there any scheme that could utilize john rice more listen we're talking about matt corral as a heisman candidate right now there there's there's unless john rice wants to play anything other than quarterback there's there's nowhere there's nowhere for him. Now, he, Matt Crouch should never come off the field. Tyler Wilson at Tyler Wilson eighty six percentage time. What are the odds Brandon Huntley Hatfield plays for Ole Miss basketball next season? Eighteen percent. What about twenty twenty two? Seventy four percent. I think he ends up a rebel. Evan O at Evan L M N O P. If each Ole Miss head coach football baseball and basketball were a liquor, which would they be and why? I'll let you take that one. That's um, I don't I, drink I'm, liquor. I'm beer. I don't either. If I had to guess, I would just say Lane Kiffin will beat tequila. That's that's because <laughs> because he he's a he's a he's a mess. Anyway, sorry Evan. I'm a I'm a beer guy. I don't know. TV at Sylvia Nost. Is there a coach out there that is a better fit for Ole Miss than Kiffin? Because I sure think it's a perfect match. Obviously, we don't know all, what what all coaches would would be like Kiffin coming in, but right now I wouldn't I wouldn't want anybody over him. I mean the. The dude, the, the amount of excitement and how fun he is and just how, I mean, the, the dude has got Ole Miss. Ole Miss is just trending around the nation. I mean, I wouldn't want anybody else for the job. Um, whenever he was first hired, I have to admit, though, the only thing, the only time I'd kept up with Kiffin, um, you know, I really didn't keep up with him after he left Tennessee. I knew it was um, the offense coordinator at Alabama, but who really cares? You can put anybody there. They're, they're you know ton of five-star you know players there so i mean that's like any offense square come in and look good there so i didn't really pay attention to him much after tennessee and when we hired him i mean I, w- I wasn't overly excited but um now now that i've got a chance to witness what he's done and what um you know how how, how his personality is you know out to the to the fans i mean the dude's a perfect fit i mean they, he's he's been awesome now that i've had time to actually pay attention to him my favorite question by far so far in this mailbag Rogers at Dream Daily 12. What happens first? Levy gets a head coaching job or Corral enters the NFL draft? I hate to say this, man, but if Levy's not a head coach next year, I'd be shocked. <laughs> I think he's um, – because Ole Miss is going to keep putting up these numbers, and people know – people have seen this offense before, and it's and it was for all those Baylor teams. I'm telling you. So, man, let – just depending on what opens up out there, but man, Levy, he's, I told you, he scares me as more than Kiffin. I mean, he's just, he's that, he's that guy. He's a very good offensive coach and it's, it's starting to show everywhere he's been, they put up huge numbers like this. So, I mean, he's, he's primed for it, not to mention his father-in-law's Art Browse, who's probably very well connected in, in the football world. So yeah, he's headed there. But I wouldn't rule out just as likely Matt Corral going to the draft. If he plays like this, he's draft eligible. I think yeah, there's equal percentage chance that those things happen. It wouldn't surprise me if they both happen, honestly. You're going to scare some people. Kenneth Collins at RebelFan68. Who should Ole Miss thank more for Cotton Bowls, Orgeron or Nutt? Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to say both. I mean, Orgeron, what he did at Ole Miss was, was bring talent that was out of this world. And you look at, at one point, I, I, I used to keep it on a sheet of paper, or I wrote it down on a sheet of paper one time, of the, the amount of players from that some of those from some Ordron's players that were were playing in the NFL, actually getting to play in the NFL, and it was a mass amount of of players from from those those teams on both sides of the ball. Um, I, I will say, Coach Nutt did a good job coming in and, and making it fun his first couple of years. So it was a combination of both. Ordron brought the talent, and Nutt came in, and um, you know he steered the ship and, and actually you know made it a little bit more fun for for the for the guys. TD at a true rebel underscore 99 Arkansas fans are some of the craziest people. Am I right? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a real mixed bag of fans there. I mean, you got kind of the, you got some really interesting wild ones and you got some, you know, some kind of up the, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting fan base. It's always a fun place to go play. They're always, um, 
pretty loud and obnoxious. Look, the return of Houston Nutt was absolutely insane in Fable. Um, I think Forty said that they were throwing batteries at the Ole Miss bench. And I remember afterwards, Chuck almost got in a fight and taken to jail because some Arkansas fan was on the field and just decided to pick a fight with Chuck. And Chuck being Chuck, the old by hell, your country boy that he is, turns around and basically says some choice words. And he was saved by Michael Orr, who grabbed Chuck by the collar and dragged him away. So, yeah, thank you, Michael <laughs> yeah, Orr, for saving my boss. Yep, he's the blind side. Hunter Kinneberg at Hunt Kinneberg. Am I right to feel like the Arkansas game feels like a trap game? Ole Miss never plays well in Fayetteville. Thoughts? No, it's it's not a trap game. It's We're a better football team than them. And, I, and I'm, I'm telling you that right now. People are, yeah, Arkansas's improved, but they're, they're not. I, I don't, I do not see them keeping up with us. And um, I, I think we should go into this game thinking we're going to win. And I think we're going to win. I think we're going to, we're, we're going to take care of them. So I don't think it's a trap game. With, with Ole Miss right now, we're building momentum. But there's no reason for this team to get comfortable and have a trap game. We're nowhere near that point as a program. So, yeah, no, it's not a trap game. We're a better team. We need to show up, and we need to beat them. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said Ole Miss is not at that place as a program, as a team, where any game is a trap game. Arkansas should be 0-3. If you watch that State game, State gave it flat away to them. I mean, they had tons of turnovers and bad spots. Yes, they're a better team. But they cannot keep up with our offense. It's, it's, I refuse to believe it. I just watched this shred Alabama, so I can't. We're, we're going, if we show up and play the way we played on offense and our defense plays similar to Kentucky, we will beat Arkansas by double digits. Going to jump right back to Bradley Sound, this mailbag edition of Talk of Champions, after I tell you briefly about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Celebrate. Ole Miss football, it's here. We made it. We made it. Yeah, the season looks a little different, but some normalcy has returned. Now's as good a time as any then to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Think about it. Riding around in your new Jeep Gladiator, your old Miss car flag flying on your way to see the Rebels play, can you believe it, in style. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford has you covered, and no, you don't have to worry about COVID-19. They're open for all of your vehicle needs, taking extra precautions to ensure your car buying process is as seamless and safe as possible. Even better, they're offering customers the opportunity to purchase a vehicle completely over the phone or the internet with a delivery to your home. You pick out the vehicle you like, simply contact them by phone, email, through the website, and they'll prepare the paperwork, review it with you on the phone, and bring it and your vehicle to your home to finalize. So what are you waiting for? Why not? Why not now? Give them a call. 662-638-0044. That's 662-638-0044. Visit them online at allensamuelsoxford.com or see them in person. Socially distanced, of course, at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. Michael Luker at Luker Michael O2. I seriously believe that Ole Miss has a chance to finish top three in the SEC West this year. Am I crazy? No, because Brad believes it too. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we we should expect to finish there. I mean, Texas A&M looked pretty good, um, but after that, man, I mean, I, I don't see any reason why. I mean, I think the the Auburn game is going to be huge for us. You know, to kind of see where we're at there. A and M, Auburn, A and M, Ole Miss, Alabama. I mean. They, any one of the Alabama is obviously the best, but any one of those teams can be to, can be number two. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think we're right in there. I, I said it after after the first first game. Forrest Crumby at Forrest Crumby. What would your all time Ole Miss starting offense and defense look like? Well, I'll do the offense. I'm gonna go with my O line. So I'll go Tunsil at left tackle, um, Doug Buckles at left guard. I love I love Doug Buckles when yeah, he played here. Um, yeah, me too. Give me give me Chris Spencer at center. Um, I'm mm. putting Metcalf, Metcalf at right guard, Bobby Massey at right tackle, um, Chad Kelly at quarterback. I want Deuce and Dexter McCluster at running back. And then I'll take um, at wide receiver, I'll go Mike Wallace, DK Metcalf, and I want Elijah Moore in the slot. No A.J. Brown, no Michael Orr, no Shea Hodge, no Dante Moncrief. Where's Evan Ingram? Is he your tight end? Tight end, I'm going Yaboa and Ingram. Oh, my God. But hold on, hey, but I will say Rufus French don't, is in there. Don't. That's still touchy that he went for the draft. No, just, no, don't do it. 
Just don't say it. It's okay. And Doug Ziegler was he was good too. I'll take I'll take Doug. That was really good, man. I'm impressed. I can't believe you left out AJ Brown. Play. You cannot leave out AJ Brown. You just can't. Dude, he's good, but I, I like I like just I like raw speed. Mike Wallace. I've I, I never seen a guy move like him. No, no, no. Mike's I right, like, and DK's right. AJ over Elijah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I can see that, but I don't know, man. Moore's pretty good in the slot. But yeah, I'm not saying he's not. I'm not saying he's not. But AJ Brown's the greatest receiver in Ole Miss history. I know, but I'm I like a different style guy. He's, I'm not even arguing overall. Chad Kelly because I agree with you. Chad for nowadays is is what you need. Eli for back in the day, but but Chad, I mean Eli, I, I would like to, Eli in a college offense now. I mean, how would that even look? I mean, he, I'm sure he would do fine, but you got to be a little bit more mobile now. I cannot believe you left AJ Brown off. Um, defense, I'll do defense. Okay, um, Derek Burgess, Greg Hardy, defensive end. Defensive tackle was Robert Kimdichie and Parade Jerry. Cornerbacks, Ken Lucas and Marche Green. Marche would just compete. There were more talented players, but Marche. Linebacker, Patrick Willis, Armiga Spearman, Nate Wayne. Really hard for me to leave off Eddie Strong there, by the way. Oh, my God. Yeah, how could you? Oh, my goodness. Eddie Strong has got to be on there somewhere. Over who? I don't Amigo? know, but shit, put him back in the secondary. I don't know, but that dude's got to be on there somewhere. No, and then safeties, Mike Hilton and prime Tony Connor. Before he got hurt, Tony was a first-round pick. I can live with that. That's good. Over, over Senator Taylor, though? Yes. Not even debatable. Oh, no, man. I feel like that dude was that dude was always making plays at all. It was, it was Okay, impressive. but I could say the same thing about Eric Oliver. A number of different guys like that. Jamarcus Sanford, but the true dogs are Mike Hilton and Tony Connor. Trey Elston, he'd be in that conversation. Kendrick Lewis yeah. would be in that conversation. Kendrick, yes. Hunter Kinneberg at Hunt Kinneberg. How are you feeling about the Braves with a 2-0 series lead? Well, I was already feeling wretched, and then they went down 2-1 after the Dodgers scored 11 runs in the first inning Wednesday night. So I'm not feeling great. My worst fears are being realized. They entered the postseason with two viable starting pitchers, one of which was a rookie. And now they got to go to a bullpen game against Kershaw. Don't feel great. Kenneth Collins at RebelFan68. What is the origin of the Ole Miss Powder Blue? The Powder Blue helmets were worn from 1948 to 1977, and then again from 1983 to 1994. The Powder Blue jerseys, they're recent, but that's where it originated. There you go. Hunter Kinneberg, if Ole Miss were 2-1 or 3-0, would Matt Corral be getting Heisman talk? I mean, I said that earlier. I think that if, if Ole Miss was a... Um was a little bit better team, had a better record right now. I think Matt Crowell will be right in the conversation. Cole Woods at Cole Miss 22. I'm going to take this from you. Predict the starting nine for Ole Miss baseball on opening day. Doug Nikhazy, catchers Hayden Dunhurst, first base, Tim Elko, second base, Justin Bench, shortstop, Peyton Chatagnier, third base, Jacob Gonzalez. DH will be Kel Baker. Left field, Hayden Leatherwood. Center field, Jerry Ely. Let me put Tim Elko in right field, Kel Baker at first base, and DH will be Ben Van Cleef. But I'm going to tell you, Kemp Alderman, a kick and rake, he might be the DH. He might be the first baseman. Cullen, at Cullen underscore Irvin. When do we start the number two for Heisman talk? Man, y'all are all about this. <laughs> when we start winning some games and we start, um, yeah, I mean, let's, let's win some games first. It's hard for, for a guy that's... Um, you know, that's one and two to, to, to get that started. But yeah, I mean, let, let's win some games. We'll obviously, if we can get some wins, we'll be on the national stage again, like we were versus Alabama and, um, you know, put up good numbers there and then, you know, see, see, we'll see, we'll go from there, <clears throat> but probably next year, if he comes back, it'll probably be next year. Kyle Matkins at landscape. Kyle ask Brad, does he have any stories on Thomas Woody from his bears days? I don't have really any, I mean, I love Woody, man. He was at Ole Miss with me at, at, in the equipment um, equipment room, and then he was he was with the Bears. I will say this, the, um, Woody always hooked me up with, with as much gear as I needed, but one thing about Woody that that is interesting, he eats like a child, like like he potato chips and burger kind of guy, which which I think is, is hilarious. And his breakfast is like like pancakes, and, and I mean, it's, he eats like a kid. That's, that's the only, only funny knock I have on Woody. John Hardman at HMAN478, over under 10 or more onside kicks this year. Um, I'm hoping. I don't know what Kiffin will do, but I'm hoping the over. Yeah. Give me the over, man. Just go for it. Who cares? Chris Muller at Rebel Inc. Where does the Lane Train get his threads? A lot of places. I think um, Oxford T-Shirt Company. There's a great place. I think it's like Grind City 
something or other in Memphis. JC Graphics, maybe. Brian Conger, at Conger underscore Brian. I'm sorry if I butchered your name. Will JRP change positions? Uh, no, I think he's going to transfer. Brent Moore, at G Brent Moore. Ask Brad if he remembers 5'8 Brian Manning regularly out driving him at the links in college. Um, I do remember Brian. I don't specifically remember him out driving me, but I'm willing to bet that he can't get it in the hole quicker than I can right now. That's what she said. <laughs> That's it. How far can you hit a golf ball now? Dude, I don't know. I don't, I don't hit it as far as I used to. When I lost all that weight, I lost some distance. So, um, I mean, I could, you know, just your typical whatever. I mean, if I get a hold of it, I can get it over 300 or so. But, yeah, no, I, when I lost all that weight, man, I had like a Jason Duffner kind of deal where I just, I don't know, it wasn't. I wasn't putting up, wasn't hitting it as hard. It was weird. But um, yeah, no, I enjoy it. It's a great sport. He's Bradley Sal. I'm Ben Garrett. This has been Talk of Champions. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five star review. Also available on SoundCloud and Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. All right, for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com and for the 247 Sports. We'll be back next week for Overreaction Monday if Ole Miss gets to play Arkansas. Even if they don't, we'll have an Overreaction Monday. See you then, buddy. See you, man. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.